This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I just flat out don't give a toot about Yoda. (laughs) Um. Straight out of Aldani, it's another episode of the Dagobah Dispatch. And if you think things are heating up on Andor due to the theft of some 80 million uh, credits, that is nothing compared to the Star Wars hot take that is about to be unleashed from a special mystery guest on this week's episode. How mad will it make you? Pretty damn mad is my guess, especially if your name happens to be Lauren Morgan. All will be revealed shortly. Plus, we will weigh in on the latest episode of Andor, featuring a a sneaky appearance from an original trilogy character. Who was it? We will break it all down. I am Dalton Ross here with Devin Kogan and the aforementioned and soon to be very upset Lauren Morgan. And, And Lauren, Devin and I have not revealed our mystery guest. Nope. Who will be joining us in a bit, nor the topic of discussion. I think it'd be really funny if I'm just like, oh, yeah, whatever. It could happen. How nervous are you feeling? Are you nervous? Are you excited? No. A little bit of both? I come from a long family of troublemakers or a family of like troublemakers. So you can try this, but you know, whatever. I mean, we've had my sister on the podcast. Who yes. Is a, Lauren yeah, doesn't know so. this. I've offlined with her sister. <laughs> like, I'm just like, so, you know, what's the best sort of way to sort of poke the bear? My mother refers to us both as hooligans. So that's just as you should, you should know this is what you're getting into. Uh, we, we've got a lot to get into. Like I said, mystery guest, mystery topic and or, but I, I first want to just uh, get your guys thoughts on clearly what can only be described as the Star Wars news of the week. I found out of this because uh, Lauren tweeted it out. And uh, that has to do with, you all may have seen this, uh, two bakers out in <laughs> California <laughs> spent, spent a month creating a six-foot recreation of Han Solo frozen in carbonite made entirely of bread, and it's called Pan Solo. <laughs> Devin, Incredible. did you see this by chance? I uh, am obsessed with this. I want to have it in my home. And I, I, I just, I, I want to try it. I want to know what it tastes like. It probably doesn't taste very good. Those big things, never, yeah, they never do. Yeah, it's more about the aesthetics than the taste. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's probably, it tastes way better than, um, you know, taking a bite out of carbonite. So, you know. <laughs> That's true. They, they have some experience in these matters. They, um... They made uh, something they called Game of Scones. <laughs> Incredible. Which featured mm-hmm. a White Walker made of bread next to an iron throne of baguettes. They had the 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 Pandalor- Dolorian, Pandalorian. Incredible. Pandalorian. Which was, yeah, it was clad in armor made of bread. Baby Dota, which was clothed in bread and floating in mixing bowls. And the, uh, the Pandroid was made of pans and kitchen tools. Um, last year, they also created Doki, which was an alligator made of bread with sharp teeth and curved <laughs> horns modeled after alligator Loki. Oh my God, so, it is. I'm looking at a picture of it right now and it's incredible. It's so good. The teeth are so good and the scales. Oh, incredible. These people are artists. I love them. Yes. Well, good marketing. I mean, they've gotten what AEW is writing about it. The New York Times is writing about it. I mean, yeah, the New York Times write up was great. It was something like they made him at night in the quiet hours after the bakery had closed. Together they worked, <laughs> mother and daughter, like flour, water, and sugar. It's like this is an incredible read. I highly recommend it. Have you, have either of you ever like used food to create people? Like, is that something you, or, or design, like even like a cake design or something? I have. I've made Elmo cookies and Cookie Monster cookies and cupcakes. And uh, I, I've I've done a fair amount like that kind of stuff, mostly for cho- a, a child's birthday. I'm just hoping my daughter puts me in a nice nursing home when I'm older. 
well, don't show her this. Or she might be like, mom, I, I need <laughs> you, you to make a life-size harder. Han Solo. No, yeah, we're, we're big Christmas cookie decorators in my family. That's like a mm-hmm. big family tradition every year. And we always like, you know, ins- we turn our gingerbread man into like pop various pop culture characters. Oh, that's nice. So yeah. it's, it's fun. I have one of those Star Wars like, uh, I, I know nothing about baking. I've never baked in my life. Like no easy bake oven, nothing. But somehow I ended up with some like Star Wars like um, baking, like to make cookies where the outline is of different, you know, like the Imperial oh, yeah. sign yeah, or yeah. Had, cook, thank thank pl- you. I literally didn't even know what they were called. <laughs> I literally had no idea. I just eat I them. I don't make them. Molds like that. But mm. I, I noticed my wife just ignores them and doesn't use them or make them. Like she's like, no, I'm not making you your stupid Star Wars cookies. We had Han Solo and Princess Leia on our wedding cake for Christ's sake. I'm not now going to make you the dumbass Star Wars cookies. You're out of luck. Wait, I don't think I knew that. Oh, That's yeah, amazing. I didn't know that either. It was really cool, and actually, it was a special Princess Leia action figure where she's in like all like. Well, she I guess she was wearing all white in New Hope, but it's not that all white uh-huh. dress, but a different sort of more ceremonial white gown. And then with the classic Han Solo, I'm talking like, you know, 1970s Kenner figures on top <laughs> of our amazing. cake. And all our tables, instead of numbers, were Star Wars characters. Oh, my God. I thought I was guess? nerdy because I walked into the Doctor Who theme, but I think you've outdone me. No, no, them. this is. And it was her idea, believe it or not, just because she knew I love oh, Star Wars. No, that's, that's love. Nice. Yeah. That you want to guess what, my, what character my table was? Was it? Um, Porkins? Well, it had to be Boba Fett, right? Yeah, it was Boba Fett, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> my first thought was um, K2, but I was like, he didn't exist. No, it didn't that exist. No. Yeah, it was going to be Boba Fett or Porkins, and I went with yeah. Boba Fett. So it was one of the two. <laughs> you know, the Porkins table must have been the, the hot table. I mean, that's where everybody wanted to be. Everybody's like, oh, man, I got seated at the Luke's, Luke table. I really wanted to be at the Porkins Did you table. set, like, an old aunt at a Porkins table, and then she was just angry the whole time? Because I know if I had done that to certain aunts of mine, I would have, I would have not heard Well, the, the problem was that the Porkins table just exploded at one point into, like, flames <laughs> and just, like, disintegrated, and it was gone. It was off. It was off the map made a big impact but didn't last very long <laughs> oh, all right uh let's introduce now our mystery guest and devin and i cannot be more excited lauren doesn't know Thrilled. who it is so i don't know, I mean, she, I don't know how she's feeling but uh we're super excited for our mystery guest because our mystery guest who's going to join us now is our producer Oh, That's right, stepping in front of the mic, Sammy Julio is joining us. And now we're in the same us. room, so I can really yell if I need to. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. Sammy has been chomping at the bit <laughs> to get at Lauren Morgan, uh-huh. just waiting until the time was right to strike, and the time the time is now. Uh, oh, first boy. off, Sammy, mm. you just do you do a bang up job on the show. Let me tell you oh, that thank right you so now. Much. They're the best, uh, absolutely. Yes. The secret weapon. Sammy is our secret weapon who like sits here and tells us how we have our mic set up wrong and helps us, uh, helps Devin uh, unplug and replug in her <laughs> microphone, which happened this week. True story. Can't confirm. Um, if if you notice Devin sounds a little different than she did two minutes ago, that's because uh, she uh, plugged in her microphone. Look, we're um, really good with technology. What, what can I say? I need, <laughs> I need a droid to, to, to come fix everything for me. Yeah, I'm not um, in, in the LA office to help you, Devin. <laughs> this yeah. is true. Usually, Sammy makes everything happen for me. So, <laughs> See, this I, time I just walked right in. I didn't have any – like last week was a complete disaster, and this week it was see? smooth as silk, you know? There you go. Sammy, how does it feel to be on mic this week? Uh, it feels good. I am quite nervous. <laughs> like, I just like, did I do enough research? Did I remember enough? Did I watch uh, enough Star Wars? And uh, truly, I didn't. But here we are. <laughs> I, I see Lauren trying to like peek over, like she's trying to see if she can see I'm, like, Sammy's I'm slightly notes. off camera right now. <laughs> you know. All right. I'm just going to state it flat out. I sent an email out to some people at EW, like, hey, if you have like sort of an, an interesting Star Wars opinion, maybe not a typical one that people are used to, like, would love to to know about it and talk about it. And S- Sammy just came in hard. Other people, <laughs> they kind of tiptoed around a little bit. Like, well, I kind of think. Sammy's like, no, I'm going to lay it out for you. <laughs> Three words. Yoda is boring. Yoda is boring. Sammy wants no part of Yoda, does not like Yoda, is not amused by Yoda, doesn't find the backwards talking thing interesting. 
they have had enough of Yoda. <laughs> and Lauren, I know you're a big, just general uh, f- fan of Yoda and Yoda's species. And so, uh, you know, they're not going after Grogu. Let's be clear about that. Yeah, that, that, that would, I know we, of. We would be having words if it was Grogu, but yeah, Yoda, I can, I can. You know. That I know, Sammy. <laughs> one of you, spicy as you were hoping for, Dalton. <laughs> All right, Sammy. Why don't you just sort of illustrate your position a little better than I just did? I well, I just flat out don't give a toot about Yoda. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I mean I understand I see I see his value in this story but just in general never liked him and I don't care about it. I was watching <laughs> like I was watching uh the original trilogy and then I was watching all of his scenes in the prequels and I was just like man this guy is so annoying. <laughs> 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 annoying. <laughs> what is it that annoys you? What is it that annoys you about Yoda? I think the backward speech thing annoys me. And I was reading all of these articles about like from Frank Oz and what he's he said about it. Was like, oh, well, Yoda speaks that way because he's like trying to maintain the old language and Yoda is 900 years old and he's like, he's a traditionalist. But I don't, I don't buy it because if if that is exactly what he was doing, then there would be other Jedi nerds also speaking backwards mm. speak. Which do we run into? Do we run into them? There, uh, I would have a spoiler for Yaddle. Yeah, I, I was say, does Yaddle does Yaddle speak that way? She was. I just saw something with her in it yesterday, uh, and she wasn't really. So I think I, this I, is I saw my... articles about Yaddle not speaking the way that Yoda no, does. No, she pretty much was pretty straightforward yesterday. In the thing that I saw <laughs> with her, so which we will talk about another time. Yoda's but. just pretentious. He's like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with the old ways and speak this specific way. Sammy's got a great point though. Like Yoda is the thing that uh, the 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 Jedi that everyone aspires to be. Um, or to be they aspire to, or however you would say. So why why is it like, you know, some of these Padawans, like all of a sudden speaking backwards, like Yoda? It's a good good point. Just like emulate the the master. And there was another article, this is the only note that I wrote down, from (laughs) Irish News, December 2017, uh, about David Adger, a professor of linguistics, who said that Yoda's uh, native language is... Hawaiian because of the the placement of everything in his his huh. sentence structure. Oh, that's kind of interesting. I don't think they were thinking about that when they. I did don't this. think so either. <laughs> <laughs> George Lucas was like, "Yeah, this is what I want." Yeah, well, apparently, from what I was watching with Frank Oz, is that um, in the original teleplay, um, Yoda wasn't speaking backwards as much as he as Frank Oz uh did like puppeted so Frank like took it and really leaned into it but mm-hmm. there are scenes like throughout the whole thing in Empire Strikes Back when he's on um Luke's he's Luke's backpack he's his sentence structure is totally fine but then there are <laughs> all these only when he's saying like spooky sentences that they like <laughs> change by the way Sammy the just made, made like like <laughs> ju- start gesticulating with their hands for spooky sentences <laughs> just like dude like I don't know it just it's just annoying because I know that there there are people who not speak like Yoda but like when they're trying to make a point they'll like try to sound cooler and it just seems like Yoda was doing that and if I run into people like that in real life they're annoying to me whether they can flip <laughs> around or not <laughs> so you're saying Yoda is one of those people who's like the faux intellectuals who mm-hmm. like wants to seem smarter than he is yeah <laughs> I think so. let, me, let me ask you this Sammy <laughs> when did you watch first watch the Star Wars movies and in what order did you watch them in Okay, so I watched them when I think I was maybe five, six, seven, oh. eight, nine, ten. Um, but we had the Empire Strikes Back VHS, mm-hmm. and that's what I watched first. And then it wasn't only it was until my brother got a little bit more into movies that he got uh, the other movies into my face as well. And you were so young, you didn't really know anything about the movie or the characters when you first watched it. So that's that's interesting that you have the Yoda hatred because what I was wondering about is I could see younger audiences, if they had watched them in a different order or knew all about Yoda, not feeling the impact. The reason why I think 
Yoda's great, or at least started off great. And we can get into prequel Yoda in a little bit. <laughs> and what I loved about Yoda and still love about the introduction of Yoda is that Yoda starts off just sort of cute and silly and just comedic relief, right? Like, all right, this is the new C-3PO. Or this is a pre-Ewok. It's just a dumb thing to sell toys and, and make little kids laugh, you know, as he sort of steals Luke's food and, you know, is rummaging <laughs> around in there. But Yoda was the ultimate Trojan horse because he's actually super powerful, super wise, and super somber as well mm -hmm. as you move in later in that movie. And we'll get into some of that. It's probably the franchise's greatest misdirection, you know, and that you think it's going to be one thing. If you go into that knowing nothing as people did in 1980, and then it's something completely else, which I think is super cool, at least at first introduction. But Sammy was less impressed. Very less impressive. It's kind of the same thing like when you have like an older relative and you start spending time with them and they're all goofy and silly and then you find them like after the family festivities are dying down and they're in the oldest chair in the house and then you sit next to them and they're like, man, life is bleak. Everything's dying. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> So Yoda's just old. He's just being old. That's all. <laughs> He's like 900 years old. So. Right. And true. I get it. Yeah. But Lauren, Lauren, you love little cute things. We know about your affinity <laughs> for the Ewoks when you were little. Yes. So mm -hmm. you were little when you saw Empire Strikes Back. I mean, maybe you saw it after Jedi because because uh, your age. I don't remember the exact timeline. No, or maybe I Yoda mean, got too too dark for you. But like, what they, were your they all kind of meshed up together. I don't remember. Like, I know I saw uh, Jedi in the theater, but uh, Empire I was like two for, and I don't think I saw that one in the theater. My first movie uh, I saw Superman, but that was like in 1980 because it was just playing in a drive-in. I think Jedi was my first time in a theater. But I had, what, were you, what were your Yoda thoughts as a kid? I just thought he was like kind of ultimate Star Wars. Like I was like, oh, there's Yoda. <laughs> yeah. But I somehow also knew that there was the Muppet connection. Like I, mm. I think I knew that the same person who did Fozzie Bear uh, did uh, and Miss Piggy did Yoda. <laughs> and I think you could also like I think there's um. And I mean, Frank Oz also did Grover on Sesame Street. So I, I think like just connecting all of those voices together, I realized this was the same person doing it. Um, so I like I can't really remember like what my specific thoughts were. I was just like, oh, this is this is Yoda. This is just star. You know, this is the, the ultimate Star Wars. And I've always been a fan of like the Jedi and the Force stuff in Star Wars. I think that's the part of it that appeals the most to me. Though there was that super scary scene where uh, Luke uh, lops off Vader's head, and it turns out mm -hmm. to him. And this is another reason why I was not a huge fan of Empire Strikes Back as a child, but have grown to like it as an adult. Um, but so I guess like probably it was more Yoda in uh, Return of the Jedi that I liked. So better. Devin, you came to this franchise at a different time. And so how aware were you of Yoda before you watched the Empire Strikes Back? And then what was your reaction? I mean, I was like five or six when I watched it, so I didn't have much, much um, early, early, you know, kind of knowledge going into it. But but, you know. I was introduced to these films by my dad um, and, you know, he kind of sat us down and I was raised in a huge Muppets family. My first dog was Same. named Kermit. Um, yeah. When I was a kid, you know, I watched a lot of Sesame Street, but mostly I watched reruns of The Muppet Show, which were played on Nickelodeon at the time. And whenever it was my dad's turn to be um, whenever my mom was at work and my and my dad had the day off, he would just like sit in front of the television with me and like tell me about Muppets. And, and we would watch like that's how I was like, oh, yeah, Rita Moreno. Every five year old knows who Rita Moreno is because right. she was so great on The Muppet Show. Um but I'm pretty sure the first time we watched Empire Strikes Back, as soon as Yoda comes on screen, my dad's like, so that's Frank Oz. And I was like, oh. So immediately I was just like obsessed with it from the Muppet side of things because mm -hmm. I love Frank Oz. I love Jim Henson. And so I was sort of like the, from the moment I saw Yoda on screen, I sort of knew that he's part of this like Muppet legacy that I love so much. So I think mm -hmm. that definitely colored my my love for Yoda because I love Frank Oz so much. Miss Piggy and, and Animal and, and literally every Muppet character he's ever done is hugely transformative for me. So <laughs> yeah. I, I have a, a specific um, love for, for Yoda from that thing. I think Devin and I were similar here, even though we we're of different generations, but I was, I was very much into the Muppets. So I think that, Me you too. know, 
Yeah. Yeah. So how could you not be? Yeah. yeah. I, 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 guess what? I was not. Not into the Muppets. Uh, well, I wasn't such introduced. A hater. I wasn't such introduced a hater. to the Muppets. I hadn't I hadn't watched it. I don't think I've watched a, a Muppets movie or show at all. Ever? So I just never had access. Yeah, I wasn't well, given. They're on Disney given Plus. Them. I was watching them this weekend. You okay. should go watch the yeah. Steve Martin episode okay. where it's basically not an episode. Like they've canceled the episode <laughs> of the Muppet yeah. Show, so it's just him like on stage with the banjo, just kind of hanging out. Uh, I had two Muppet Show like stuffed animals. I had a, a, a an animal where you could put uh, your hand. Uh, this sounds gross, but you could put your hand up in him like a puppet and yeah. blink his eyes and stuff. Sorry about that. We have a bunch of Muppet puppets like that. I haven't. We have an animal puppet like that. Yeah, an animal. And then I had like a scooter doll. Why did I have scooter? Like, he was so, so. He's kind of so, C-list, but we, we yeah, still love him. Yeah, I don't him. know why I had scooter, <laughs> I like scooter, but my mom was obsessed with Miss Piggy. I I mean, how could you not be? We're, I'm recording in the office today, so I'm not at home. But when I record at home, I have hanging on my wall an original, my, my dad's original Muppet Show vinyl, which is what I listened to. Oh. cast oh, album yeah. from like 1979. Um, and it's flipping incredible. I mean, honestly, we should just turn this entire episode into a, a Muppet episode podcast. about how great the Muppets are and how fantastic. <laughs> well, I do have them. something uh, Yoda related that is also Muppet related because I read um, uh, Jim Henson's biography. I think it was Brian J. Johnson. And they were talking about uh, Empire Strikes Back and the creation of Yoda. Mm-hmm. And they, I think they mm-hmm. were talking about having Jim do it originally. Yes. But Jim was yeah. very busy. And so they had to have Frank do it. But the people who built the Yoda puppet were not the people who usually built the Muppets. And so Frank Goss hated the Yoda puppet because it was so heavy to like maneuver. So I just remember that. And like, and when he came back in the last Jedi, I was like, I wonder if they rebuilt the puppet for him. So it wasn't <laughs> so terrible. But I just remember that he hate, he hated the physical Yoda puppet because it was awful. I, oh. And we're going to talk more about puppet yeah. versus CGI Yoda in a minute. But like, yeah. I, I just, I, I love... Yoda in Empire because he also has like he gets all the boss lines in the movie man mm-hmm. like you look back Pretty at like true. there's the, there's like the I'm not afraid you will be you will be <laughs> uh, you know how much I, I love that I love I don't believe it that is why you fail it's just like such a dunk he's just dunking on Skywalker right <laughs> to his face and then there's the one where Obi-Wan's like that boy is our last hope which first off doesn't really make sense especially with Obi-Wan Kenobi and he's running around with Leia for like uh, yeah. all, all, yeah. all season but but then Yoda hits him with no there is another with the great that's my favorite lighting of any Star Wars shot where like as the X-Wing takes off and yeah. the golden light on Yoda as he says that just awesome it's it's pretty good and I love all the stuff with Yoda and R2 which is ridiculous. Mm. Um, and I know I, I sent this to Sammy a couple weeks ago when when I found out about their their feelings about Yoda. Um, <laughs> but you guys have seen the bad lip reading of Empire Strikes Back and Yoda, right? Uh, yeah. about, it's iconic. Sammy had never seen it. And I, I now every time I see Yoda um, in Empire Strikes Back, all I can think about is is the seagulls. Stop it now. <laughs> that uh, version of Yoda I like. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let me listen. I, I've been sitting here saying how amazing Yoda was when Yoda was first introduced and just an incredible character and a, a great misdirection. Now, let me tell you about the Yoda that I hate. And that mm. is, and maybe Devin's not going to like this, but it's Last Jedi Yoda. The Last Jedi Yoda stuff is really weak. In fact, dare I say it for me, the worst scene in the entire movie. Really? I hate this scene. With a passion, I hate the way Yoda burns down the sacred Jedi text. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're dumb and boring. Who cares about those? <laughs> like the most anti-Yoda makes like you talk about <sighs> a character when you're writing a character it has to make sense for the character <laughs> literally makes zero sense. It makes zero sense. He's like, ah, oh, those texts. Who but cares about he, those? I think he knew that Ray had taken over off with them anyway. So I think he knew he wasn't burning them. I think he was just trying to teach Luke I a lesson. I think it was a little, little trickster. I think yeah. it goes back to to trickster Yoda. Basically, I love that scene because to me, that felt that was where I, I felt like I was watching Mark Hamill and, and Frank Oz in 1980 in. Empire Strikes Back. All the things that you love about Empire Strikes Back, um, about you know Yoda just being snarky and having great comebacks and just like totally taking the wind out of Luke's sails. That's why I loved that appearance in Last Jedi. I liked it because he's just being the chaos Muppet that he truly is. So I just was like, oh yeah, this is this is how how chaotic he is. But then why is Luke trying to burn them? And then literally a second later, it's like, why'd you, why'd you do that to the sacred text? It's like, it literally makes no sense. The scene makes zero sense. Uh, I agree yeah. to disagree. 
I I love that whole thing. I love Frank Oz coming back. I love that they actually used the puppet to film those yeah. scenes as opposed to fully CGI Yoda. Um, so I mean, yeah. Do we want to do we want to talk about CGI right, Yoda? Let's, let's get into it. It's, it's, it's very complicated too. <laughs> Lauren was just Lauren just grumbling. We're we're all just like. So they they kept the puppet Yoda, a puppet Yoda, for Phantom Menace. Then they went CGI for Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Um, they had the big. I don't know whether it was just because they had the big lightsaber battle fight. And he kind of, that was a lot easier to achieve versus CGI um, versus, excuse me, doing a puppet. So I don't know if that was particularly the reason or it was just now that we're going to do him CGI, let's do this. I don't know. What I do know is what I'm also curious to talk about is in 2011, George Lucas went back again and made a bunch of changes to his movies. And some of it's like adding, you know, Jango Fett's voice to all of the clones because they were clones yep. from Jango Fett or, you know, mm-hmm. changing force ghosts and things things of that nature and putting Hayden Christensen in. Um, but another thing he did is he then CGI'd Yoda from Phantom Menace, changed all the puppet Yoda scenes, which were most of the puppet Yoda scenes, into CGI Yoda for Phantom Menace. And I... Normally we'd all, and maybe we will still rail about that. Like, how could you take out Puppet Yoda, put it CGI? But do you remember what the original Puppet Yoda and Phantom Menace looked like? That was a weird looking puppet, ladies. It was not, <laughs> like, they tried to I de-age don't remember him. it. Oh, yeah. It was the original puppet, the original Yoda from the majority of scenes in Phantom Menace was the puppet. But it looked huh. really weird. And if you can Google it, you'll see what I'm saying. It's a I weird looking it. puppet. So you guys don't even remember this at all. I don't even remember this at all. I always just think of, of CGI Yoda because I'm sure in the original Phantom Menace, there were scenes of CGI Yoda. There, like, were, there, were, there, was, there were a few scenes, but when you just see him sitting in the, when he's Jedi, like, Council, in the Jedi Council, that's I mean, I guess puppet that Yoda. Because yeah. I remember even Ewan McGregor just said this recently that for the first uh, for the first movie yeah. he was he'd be acting against frank oz correct and then he said it would just be weird because they would uh, yell cut and then yoda would just die on camera yeah he said he'd just be like all of a sudden he's dead you know? <laughs> well, yeah, i'm looking at it and it, i'm looking at a picture of it right now and it's, it's weird the eyes it's the eyes are really weird and small yeah. i don't yeah. like it so that that's a whole other topic in terms of going back and replacing that but just let's just then talk about the more general puppet Yoda versus CGI Yoda, you know, from the prequel trilogy. Lauren, you were grumbling, so you clearly have thoughts on this. What were your your thoughts on the move to CGI Yoda? Oh yeah, I just looked at the uh, the Phantom Menace puppet Yoda. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Uh, I will agree. Um, <laughs> yeah, generally I am pro puppet, as Devin said that you know she's pro Muppets and I'm pro Muppets, and I like to see what they can do. And I think what a lot of the magic of the Muppets is seeing that, like you know Kermit riding a bicycle, or that like those kind of yeah. like tricks that mm-hmm. they did. And then I feel like once you just make it all CGI, it just I just don't think it looked right. And I just I like I remember seeing the big like the CGI, like uh lightsaber battle with Yoda. And I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> like, I remember yeah. just being in the theater going, no. Yeah. It was uh, really bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I have just never, I think I even knocked that lightsaber battle off of our lightsaber rankings. Cause I was just like, <laughs> and then like Christian had to argue with me to keep any Yoda battle on it. And I was like, no. So, um, so I'm, I'm kind of anti, uh, so anti puppet Yoda. I mean, anti CGI Yoda. Um, well, hold on a second. I want to ask you about that, what you just said. Yeah. So would you have preferred that they just didn't have any Yoda lightsaber battles, even though he's been called this master swordsman and references that? Or or how would you have done it? Well, that's, it's interesting now because like if you saw the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, there's a lot of puppet fighting in there. So it is possible. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't have the acrobatics that like the lightsaber fight had. So, you know, I feel like they could have done a combination of it or something. Uh, I mean, I, I know it would just be kind of unwieldy. Uh, so I understand why Yoda was CGI for that, but I still don't like it. 
Uh, so I feel like they could have tried something. I mean, if you can get Kermit to ride a bike, try and figure out how to get Yoda to <laughs> fight with a lightsaber. That's how I. Well, feel. they also they they put Christopher Lee's face on like a body double. Like, yeah, you know, there's other things that they're looking. doing that if you can do that. I mean, they have human characters CGI'd all the time in big action yeah. shots. That's not actual humans. So you That's can why do a mix. Looks so fake in so many mm, <laughs> fighting yeah. scenes. I'm generally of the the thought that that cgi should always be the garnish not the main course um yeah. i think with 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 rare exceptions something like you know like Gollum and the lord of the rings is, is a is a rare exception but I, I think as a general rule i'm always a fan of taking a, taking something practical and using the cgi to to achieve things that you can't achieve practical but always using the the practical as the base having real practical sets and then yeah. just using cgi to enhance it as opposed to building something from the ground up and building a character from the ground up. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I would have loved to see, you know, a little bit of a combo. Like I'm assuming in, in Last Jedi, there are obviously CGI shots, but but the actual puppet is there, you know, on set. And I think for me, that comes down to performance. I think part of the magic of those Empire Strikes Back scenes is that, you know, it is Mark Hamill having a conversation with Yoda. It is not Mark Hamill mm -hmm. talking to a tennis ball. And it like mm -hmm. it allows for like these little moments of improvisation or, you know, it's 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 very believable in a way that, you know, you don't necessarily get when you're just talking to a, you know, a stick. Um, so I, I, I will, I, I, you know, and I know a lot of actors have talked about that too, about how much fun it is to, to act opposite, you know, an actual performer as opposed to imagining that in your head. Mm -hmm. So I, I think for me, that's the, um, the thing is, is that, you know, that's why I'm so pro puppet. Yeah, um, I am team. Yeah. I think, and also like Frank Oz is such a brilliant improviser. Like so much of what yeah. they did on the Muppets was improv. So I just feel like when you make it CGI, then you're just really locking him into a certain set of lines rather than letting him do what he does best. Have you guys ever seen the uh, outtakes from Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, which yeah. is that like <laughs> um, uh, Muppets uh, spe Christmas special that they did? Um, and there's there was like this one shot. Where Jerry Nelson vo voices Emmett Otter, and um, I think it's 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 Frank who's performing um, Ma Otter and his mom. And there's like a scene that took like 120 takes to get right, and by the end of it, you can just slowly see like Frank Oz just like losing his mind. By the end of it, he's like <laughs> improvising in character as this otter, and it's just it's fantastic. I highly recommend. <laughs> So Sammy, have we have we changed your mind about Yoda at all? No, no? I'm sorry. No. Still no toots. No toots for Yoda. Well, who do you who do you hate more? Do you hate puppet Yoda more or CGI Yoda more? Oh, CGI Yoda more for sure. I think the the scene with Count Dooku when I saw it for the first time, I I'm pretty sure I went, ah, oh, this sack like just like out loud in the theater. <laughs> I hit the bottom of the barrel with, with Yoda at that point. But again, I, I, I do understand that he's very cool. Mm -hmm. He's very useful and stuff like that. I just, I just don't like the guy, man. That's <laughs> all Sammy, right. How do you feel about baby Yoda? I didn't, I didn't watch um, the Mandalorian. <laughs> wow. I know. Wow. I know. Mm -hmm. And you're producing this podcast. Wow. I am. Look, yeah. you, we all chose each other. And now you know all of my <laughs> secrets. Um, no, I haven't watched Mandalorian. I, so what I'm exposed to is just like everybody reacting to it's Grogu, right? Yes. Yeah. Grogu is it? Mm -hmm. um, guess what? Don't give a toot about it. <laughs> wow. What if Sammy came in here and was like the only thing they liked was the Yoda puppet from Phantom Menace? What if Sammy's like, oh, I like that puppet. <laughs> That's well, that was cool looking. Tiny Why did they stick with it. that? Is that his handsomest at that one? <laughs> mm -hmm. I guess they were just trying to make him look like the thing is Younger. like Yoda's 900 years old. So would there really be a difference between 870 and 900? Like, <laughs> no. really? They like, kind of gave him puppet Botox. Like his yeah. face just looks <laughs> yeah, weird. Like, like it just, it doesn't. It, it and then like he's not as it just looks weird. It looks yeah. weird. And part of no, that is like I'm sure the lighting on Coruscant looks a little different than like the good swamp lighting in on Dagobah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like yeah, the shadows of the swamp the nice, and like you know. yeah, it's it's great. He's like got the ring light. Maybe he's just not someone made for sunlight. If you're looking at the same photo I was looking at, he actually. Looks like Leprechaun from the Leprechaun franchise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. like, like, is this Leprechaun into Hood? Like, is that yeah. what's happening here? Like, oh my I don't gosh. know what's going on. Oh, it's really Yoda. disturbing. It's really yeah. disturbing. All right. Uh, Sammy, anything else you want to say 
in your defense on your uh, Yoda hatred? Um, no, I mean, I deserve whatever I get. Just don't tweet at me. Just <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we all have these weird, unpopular Star Wars opinions. It's interesting to discuss. I think you're wrong. Sure. Uh, but, but See, I, I think I'm Dalton fine. really had you on so he could argue with you because yeah. I've been a little bit more mild, I there. think. Yes. Good. I was going to say, I mean, Lauren this has been surprising. very much like, I mean, uh, you're wrong, but I, 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 I respect it. Whereas <laughs> we're in the same like room. Outraged. <laughs> well, that's just because Lauren listened back to herself on The Last Jedi discussion and was like, hey, I got to keep it. <laughs> I didn't sound as bad as I thought I would sound. And my husband listened to it. My husband listened to it twice because he listens to it both on his computer and on his phone to give us more sessions. Oh, which is what like an nice ally. Oh, and he's like, like, he's like, the second time I listened to it, you really didn't sound that bad at all. So I don't know if it was just Sammy making me sound less unhinged. So Because <laughs> he's like, you did sound unhinged in the house. So. <laughs> That's what they're here for. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, Sammy, that was a blast. Thank you for coming Thank on, you. Mike. Yes. Hey, we, thanks for inviting me. We appreciate it. It was it was great great to have you on and fun to talk uh, Yoda. All right. Um Yoda did not appear on this week's episode of Andor, but another original trilogy character did. We will explain that and share our thoughts on episode 7 right after this super quick break. Okay, uh episode 7 of Andor ladies uh, on this um on this week uh let's just start as we usually do just sort of general big picture thoughts we had our sort of halftime report last week where we had the first six episodes out of 12 from season one now we're into the second half we had episode seven here and sort of the fallout of the big uh heist the 80 million credits Devin, what were your sort of big picture thoughts on the episode um, my big picture thoughts was, uh, we know I, I love a planet. I love a weird new planet we've never been to before. And we get a really good planet this time around. We, we, it's the planet of, uh, Niamos, Niamos. I, I'm not sure exactly yeah. how you pronounce it. Um, but it's like a beachy resort planet. It's kind of like the Fort Lauderdale of the galaxy. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I just, I, I'm fascinated by this. I love this. I, I, I'm like, I, I love, there's like that weird shot of that person like drinking out of a weird glass straw. Like I don't know. I was I was into this planet. I was I was just team team Niamos. I'm with you a hundred percent. I thought it was a super cool planet. It's like a like a resort sort of. There's a little bit of the Scarif vibe uh, on on there somewhat with some of the palm trees and the shore troopers. Remember, Lauren, how excited I was to see that shore trooper at that oh, Star yeah. Wars fan exhibit. Uh, <laughs> and you got one with like the weird sort of blue and red things on their outfit and. There was a, a, a KX uh, security droid that for a second I was, I was like, wondering Wait, if is you that? got super excited. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, mm-hmm. it was not K2SO, but it was no. nice to uh, see a, one of his relatives. But I thought that planet was super cool as well. What do you think, Lauren? I thought it was pretty cool. It's funny because in the um, various Star Wars novels, they'll always mention like sort of beach planets or uh, there was uh, uh, there was just one that came up in one of the High Republic novels that I'm reading. So I was like, oh, I get to see a beach planet like outside of Scarif. Like they were they were talking about like resort planets. And I was just like, oh, we get to see, you know, we get to see one in person. And, and it was uh, as fun as I, I thought. The other thing that I thought, you know, it's always nice to see a beach planet. But uh, in that talk with Mon Mothma, and uh, uh, and her old school chum, her husband comes up and talks about they're having a school reunion. And I'm just like, I never thought they'd have school reunions in Star Wars. What is this? <laughs> like, you know, so like, do yeah. they try to avoid them? Like I try to avoid them. Like, I'm just curious. Yeah, there were a couple things this episode that I felt like this is new for the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Like cubicles like i never thought of cubicles in the star wars universe or like we see like a news report with like a newscaster that's like not a hologram and i was like do they have like cnn of the galaxy like like how i was just fast i I was like these are some of the first times we've seen some of these things on screen and i was like fascinating interesting yeah because they mentioned them and they'll mention them in the book like they mentioned like you know i remember one of the Han Solo novels they were talking about like a cartoon Ben Solo was watching and I was like oh they have cartoons in the Star Wars galaxy and stuff like well, that well so that's what uh, Lumpy was watching in the holiday special remember <laughs> yeah. Lumpy was watching the Boba Fett cartoon that, that's true so you and know apparently Starship a Starship performance as well uh, on his little device so um, this this was a Mon Mothma heavy episode and I loved we, it yeah me yes. too yeah we had two big scenes let's talk about the first one with Luthen where she goes and she's heard about this Aldani raid. And this was interesting because 
she's worried about it. She's like, you've gone too far. And he's the one's like, nope. And and she's like, people will suffer. And he goes, that's the plan. <laughs> I was like, whoa. And it was interesting <laughs> to see Mon Mothma kind of, you realize, all right, she's, 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 you know, rebelling, but she's not full into the rebellion, at least not to this degree, Devin. Yeah, I, we know I am a Mon Mothma stan. I, I love her. And I, to me, she has been like the most interesting part of Andor, even mm-hmm. though it's not her name in the title. I, I, you know, was kind of intrigued by this idea of like high society politics on Coruscant, but like underneath she's laying the foundations for the, for the rebellion. And that's kind of what we've been getting. And I'm like, this rules. Like this is, this is really fun. I love that conversation with Luthen where you can see sort of like the conflict in her face where, you know, she, cause I think for her, she's been so distant from it this whole time, you know, she still gets to go to work and be a Senator. And, and this is, I think the first time where it's starting to get very real for her. Um, and I love everything at this ridiculous fancy party where she sort of reconnects with this this school friend and they're both sort of dancing around each other being like, well, I think my politics would be maybe a little intense for you. Um, and like they're just like the the whispers in, in the fancy party. It felt very I don't know. I, I was just like I could watch Mon Mothma play political games all day. I'm like, I, she's just the way she's very careful with her words and the way she kind of moves and the way she's very understanding of her, you know, kind of position and and her and the face that she presents to the world, I think is just fascinating. I think Genevieve O'Reilly gives a great performance. So, yeah, I was I, I loved all the Mon Mothma stuff here. What did what did you guys make of that? I joined you in being a fan of Mon Mothma. And this was like this was my favorite stuff in the episode. And seeing Ben Miles, who's been in a ton of stuff. But I remember him from the original coupling, uh, like whatever. 10 or 15 years ago, um, like him showing up as Mon Mothma's friend, uh, whose name I kind of remember, but he, take he's like, Homa? take Homa. Okay. That's what it was. Sure. And, um, <laughs> and he's, he's from the bank of Homa, but this is like a friend of hers from Shandrilla. And there seemed like there was like potential old romantic vibes there, which I'm not sure if I was making that up or something, but like, perhaps there was something in the past and we obviously know she hates her husband. So I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, but I, I, I thought that was also the interesting was with the Mon Mothman and Luthen, and you're just starting to see how these splits are happening within the rebellion of people like, I mean, and we're going to see Saw Gerrera coming in later on. And, you know, Saw is very much like, you know, like hit him hard. We, we need to do violence and all this other stuff. And there's the more sort of pacifist side of the rebellion. And so seeing the, all of these sides sort of fight for like the, like the, for the lead of it. And so, and I thought that was interesting how, uh, I didn't realize that uh, Mon Mothma didn't really know that the Aldani thing was happening. Like, I thought she she had been, you know, so when she was shocked about it, I was like, oh, she didn't know. And this was just Luthen going off and taking uh, taking the rebellion into his own hands. And, and Luthen definitely being in the, uh, we have to make it worse before it'll get better kind of school, which is generally always a, a big political argument that people have. Um, so I thought that was just fascinating uh, between like sh- her stuff was basically my favorite part of the episode. So, yeah, yeah, my, I was my, like, I, I would just like to see, you know, more of my mouth. So I was glad to get a, a huge chunk of it. What did you think, Dalton? Yeah, usually in the in the Star Wars universe, as you guys know, I really love the political stuff. And usually it's always delivered via, you know, Leia, depending on the time from Leia or yeah. I guess Palpatine. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Palpatine's rise is all, you know, political as well. So it's nice to get it now through this other character of, of Mon Mothma, because even Bail Organa, you don't get a lot of really, truly sort of political sort of he's, you know, undercover. He's working on the rebellion. But I, I so I loved it. I love the scene. I love the scene where she's talking to that childhood friend and she's like, it's a lie. Mm-hmm. The Mon Mothma people think they know it's a lie. It's a projection. It's a front. And then I love when she goes, I learned from Palpatine. Yeah. Which is great because it's true. Like no one's better than Palpatine at saying one thing with a smile and then doing the exact opposite behind the back. And she learned that and now is utilizing it against him, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I I love that scene. And her hair looked fabulous too, ladies. I mean fabulous. her 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 outfits I to die for. But I did like that part about Palpatine because that's like the one thing is like she was very good at the political stuff and that's how he got into being like Chancellor. And so like I, I and and I know some people haven't been wanting to like bring in the other like the the Palpatine and the the dark side and all of this aspect of it. But I, I mean like Palpatine was the head of this sort of gigantic evil bureaucracy so it makes sense that 
you know, he would come in. I am curious if they are going to bring in Ian McDiarmid for an actual scene or not. Yeah, I liked how many Palpatine shout outs we got got this week. And I, I kind of like him as not a character, but sort of a figure kind of like mm-hmm. like Lauren said, like a bureaucratic figure kind of looming over things. Because, yeah, at this point, I mean, Mon Mothma was in the Senate with Sheev Palpatine. Like, like they presumably have yeah. met like pre-emperor days. And like the I, I like the idea that he's not just like this shadowy figure like shooting lightning out of his hands, but he like is actually like monitoring all the bureaucracy and like actually like building this empire. He's not he's not just concerned with Sith Lords. He's also concerned with um you know the the sort of big picture politics of it all. And I don't know, I I think the 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 show's portrayal of politics has been kind of fascinating to me and i think is is actually you know i've been kind of cool on this show sort of since the beginning but but one thing that's really impressed me is like it it grapples with some pretty heavy concepts about you know sort of like freedom and a surveillance state and incarceration in a way that star wars has always kind of been kind of surface level with with the way like like Star Wars has always been kind of very basic in its ideas of like there's the good guys and the bad mm-hmm. guys and the good guys are finding the bad guys and like the bad guys are just oppressive but here we're like it's actually raising like everything with like Nemec's manifesto I was like this is like pretty great stuff it's sort of I think Star Wars kind of historically has always kind of talked about the rebellion as sort of like a general idea but it's like here I don't know. I've just some of the dialogue and some of the lines has been like really thought provoking and kind of kind of fascinating. And I love the idea of like the Empire cracking down and basically being like, um, you know, we're going to up sentences for for minor crimes. We're going to, you know, increase patrols. We're going to do all of these things, which sort of is what leads to poor Cassian's, you know, uh, detainment in in the end of the episode. And, and let's talk about that. Was sort of also ties into one of the Palpatine references you were mentioning. And uh, Lauren, I'll let you do the honors. You want to reveal the uh, the original uh, trilogy character uh, that oh, also has made it? quite a foray into the animated universe uh, that made an appearance here. <laughs> I believe it's Wolf Talarin, if I'm saying Wolf, his last. Yularen, Yularen. Oh, maybe it is Yularen, yeah. uh, who ha- was both in the Clone Wars series and I believe in Star Wars Rebels, yes. if I rem- if I remember exactly. And he also was in New Hope, and he was the one that was uh, giving the uh, speech about how they were cracking down and all of that kind of stuff. So he's still there, uh, you know, being his bureaucratic self. So. Yeah, just having an awesome mustache. Yeah, and just, pretty much. You know, just, Respect. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he, I don't even think he has any lines in A New Hope. He just sort of sits at a table and nods no. his head a lot. But, <laughs> he had a fa- but he had a fair amount. And like, I, like, he had a fair amount in Clone Wars. And like, he did. I mean, he popped up a lot in both of those because Agent Callus's whole plot, I think, dealt with him as well so correct yeah, i'm kind of curious about that uh so i'm just curious we're we've talked about how much we all love the mon mothma stuff and how great it was this episode I, you know i like cassian a lot as a character and we've talked about this and dev and i have sort of debated you know the character a little bit um but i will admit i, I was bummed to see him back on ferrix was i the only one that's like yeah oh, we i was go just back like, to uh... ferrix liked the scene with his mom i yeah. i think you know I, I i i i was i was really impressed by by some of the, the the stuff there and you know i think um fiona shaw is a great actress i'm never mad when fiona shaw shows up um and like i i love some of her bit bits about like i'm old and i'm just gonna stay here the one part that did give me made me roll my eyes a little bit when she was just like he's leaving and she's like oh by the way stop looking for your sister. And I was like, that's just such a shoehorned, like, yeah. oh, we know we're going to, just a reminder to the audience, like, he still hasn't found his sister. Guess he's got to, you know, she's going to pop up at some point. Um, so that was a little little shoehorn. That felt a little clunky to me and, in an otherwise yeah. sharp episode. And, and when she brought up Canary, I was like, oh my God, no more flashbacks. Please, no more flashbacks. <laughs> I can't take it. I don't want to see flashbacks there, there, once you got like the kid off were, the island. There were very mild flashbacks in here suggesting what happened to his father yeah. uh, and that his father was named Clem, I believe, if that's yes. what I was supposed to be taking from it. Yeah, which makes... Did Luthen know that when he was no. like, your name is Clem? Yeah, it's because he knew his father got hanged, so I would assume. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of kind of a power move on on Stellan Skarsgård's part, part yeah. to be like you're going undercover and you're going to take your dead dad's name. Yeah. A little bit, so. So he he gets, you know, it ends with him being arrested for 6 years as he gets sort of misidentified with some other sort of group. So 
I I guess now is going to be him breaking out of prison. Like, how do we think that's going to happen? Is he going to do it on his own? Is he going to reprogram a KX uh, series droid? And, and, yeah. and then we're going to meet K2SO? That, or that is Luthen going to get him like, out? That was like the thing is like, as much as I was enjoying the Mon Mothma stuff and the Luthen stuff, and I was like, oh, this is going somewhere. I'm like with Cassian, I'm just like, where is this going again? I'm still just feeling Cassian stuff isn't really grabbing me as it should. So is it because, is it because I mean, because I feel like, isn't that the stuff we all think is just taking too long. It's like, yeah, all right, we, we know Cassian's going to eventually be all in on the fight. Yeah. And I but guess it's like it's now just, he's like not. Yeah. And then I, I thought this, the scene where Marva was talking about there's brave people on Aldani and, and you know, him not revealing that it was him on Aldani, but that he was just here, there for mostly a mercenary reason. And, you know, hasn't had a change of heart yet about like he just wants to go and go to the uh, the beach planet and, you know, live a nice life with all of his credits. So I don't know, like currently right now, I'm still not I'm not feeling Cassian too much yet. So, yeah, I think I think we're all kind of waiting for him to become the character that we met when he was in in Rogue One. And, you know, from the from the out. From the beginning of this show, you yeah. know, Tony Gilroy, the creator, was very clear that this is a very different Cassian. You know, we're we're going to follow him on that journey to when he gets there. But um, I, yeah, it's it's I'm I'm a little we we kind of know where this where his character development is going, and so I think we're we're just sort of waiting for that to happen. Also, I think you know we we've talked a little bit on this show before, but like I think is this the first time we've ever like seen like people like the morning after in bed before i was I like know. Oh, yeah, who I was so. that yeah. yeah just like some <laughs> some random hookup that he met at the at the bar at the beach like i was like this is this is new for star wars this is fascinating yeah i thought yeah. that as well i was just like oh huh. uh all right anything else we good to go on episode seven of andor more Mon mothma please yeah Let's yeah well more of that. looks looks like we're gonna get it which is a good which is good news um all right, we have a clandestine meeting in the back room of a Coruscant antique dealer to get to, uh, <laughs> so it's time to sign off. Uh, but we uh, appreciate your patronage. We appreciate our producer, Sammy Junio, coming to hang out with us today. And we would appreciate Woo. it if uh, if everyone could follow and rate the podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Also hit us up on social media. We would love to hear from you. So follow Entertainment Weekly on all socials. It's at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag and follow us directly at Dalton Ross at Devin Kogan at more lore hit us up with a question or comment and we will respond all right that's gonna do it and we'll do it all over again next week this episode of Dagobah Dispatch is hosted by Dalton Ross Devin Kogan and Lauren Morgan produced by Chanel Johnson and Sammy Junio edited by Sammy Junio full episode transcripts are available at EW.com thanks for listening